Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to week three of our look through the book of Judges, day one of week three. We're going to be looking at Judges chapter eight, verses one to four today. And in many ways, as we, as we turn to Judges eight, we are turning to part two of life lessons from Gideon. Part one we just looked at was how to face your weaknesses and what great lessons he teaches us. Part two is how to face your successes or maybe how to survive your successes. One of the greatest enemies of you being useful in serving God, one of the greatest enemies of future success in your life is past successes. Success, yes, is the goal of what we do when we serve God, but in a strange twist, it can also be the enemy of doing anything else to serve God. There's this phrase that success breeds greater success, and that's sometimes true, but it's also often not true. It's often true that success instead breeds busyness or pride or fear or self-satisfaction, and all of those things get in the way of living the life that God wants you to live, of doing the things that God wants you to do. One of the key leadership skills every one of us has to learn is the skill of how to handle success. And a major reason that many people hang just on the outside fringes of gratefulness, of greatness, of of usefulness in their life is they've never learned how to handle victory. They've never learned how to handle success. Because the truth is, there is a price tag that's attached to success. If you're not willing to pay that price, you will always be afraid of the success, of the greatness, of the usefulness to God. The price tag of victory centers around the word change. Success changes your life. Your relationships change, your responsibilities change. In one sense, we wait all of our lives for our ship to come in, but when it arrives, we're not sure we want to give the time and the energy that it takes to unload that ship that came in. So the question is, can you survive a victory? And the answer is absolutely yes. God wants you to live a useful life, a victorious life, a life where he's doing great things through your life. And maybe you've been discouraged in the past by some of the struggles that accompany the victories and even the successes in your life. I want Gideon to encourage you in these next few days, encourage you to understand in advance some of what you'll face, but also encourage you to see some of the ways that you can handle those struggles, to survive the victory so that God can do greater victories in your life. We're going to look at four things in the life of Gideon the next couple days. First thing you got to do to survive the victories is you've got to, number one, handle the voice of the critic. You have to handle the voice of those who want to criticize. Success draws criticism like honey draws flies. Everyone wants to be in on the success. Everyone has an opinion. And because of this, those involved in a success and living a useful life have to put up, have to put up with criticism. And the criticism will go as broad as the success. If you have a family success, you'll hear criticism in your family. If you have a success at school, you'll hear criticism all over the school. If it's at your work, you hear it at work. If you have a success that goes country, the the entire breadth of the country has this success in mind in your life, you're going to hear criticism across the country. Now, what draws the fire? What draws the criticism? Well, it's born of jealousy. It's born of opposition, people who want to do it in a different way. It's born just of notoriety. If people see something, they want to somehow attack it sometimes. It's the, the quarterback syndrome. The quarterback gets blamed for the fumble, not the lineman who missed the block. And in chapter 8, verse 1, you see Gideon's problem. You see the criticism that came his way from the tribe of Ephraim. Let me read that verse. Then the people of Ephraim asked Gideon, Why have you treated us this way? Why didn't you send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? And they argued heatedly with Gideon. Now, this criticism seems to be born of jealousy. Why weren't we allowed to be in on the victory? So how does Gideon respond? 
If you were Gideon, how would you have responded to this kind of attack? Just think of all the quick-witted answers you could have come up with to put them down. If God had wanted you, he would have invited you, or better luck next time, or we could only take reservations for 300. Sorry, guys. But he doesn't go that direction. No, he doesn't criticize back. He doesn't attack back. Look at what he says in verses 2 and 3. But Gideon replied, What have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't even the leftover grapes of Ephraim's harvest better than the entire crop of my little clan and Abiezer? God gave you victory over Oreb and Zeb, the commanders of the Midianite army. What have I accomplished compared to that? When the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. Now look at what Gideon does here. He magnifies their achievements and he minimizes his successes. That's what you do with a critic. You magnify their achievements and you minimize your successes. Magnify the achievements of someone who's criticizing you? Yes. Yes, that's the example that's given here. Now, other places we see this same example given in the scripture. You see here revealed a very specific character trait which enables you to survive a success. It's the character trait of humility. To survive your successes, you must have humility. The humility that keeps in perspective God's work through you, that doesn't become prideful. And the humility to see and to give praise for how he's working in other people's lives also. To be grateful for what he's doing in other people's lives. So one of the keys to surviving the successes in life, to go on to the next success that God has for you, is humility. Now, we learn a second thing from the example of Gideon. Not only do you need to learn to handle the voice of the critic, number two, you need to accept the need for faithful endurance. For faithful endurance. Living a useful life before God, it's a lifestyle. You can't turn it on and off. You have to keep it running. And once Gideon leads in this victory over Midian, he, for the rest of his life, is going to be a leader. He's going to have to faithfully endure. Now, deep down, many of us are fearful of success for usefulness before God because we recognize the lifetime of commitment they imply. And we're not sure that we want to make that lifetime of commitment. Well, settle that in your heart right now. God wants you to live a lifetime of commitment before him. He's made you to live that kind of life. Now, Gideon, in a very practical way, shows us what this means in Judges chapter 8, verse 4. They've just defeated the Midianite army. They're chasing them to finalize the victory. In chapter 8, verse 4, Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his 300 men, and though exhausted, they continued to chase the enemy. Look at those phrases. Though exhausted, they continued. They were faithful. Though exhausted, they continued. They endured. Gideon recognized that the success that they had, it didn't end when Midian ran away. They needed to pursue the enemy. They needed to defeat the enemy. And unless Gideon had pursued and defeated Midian before they could rebuild their army, this victory would have been wasted. Do you think the Midianites would have fallen for that trumpet trick a second time? No. So they faithfully endured and they completed the victory. Gideon here reveals a second character quality which enables you and I to handle victory, the quality of faithfulness. To survive your successes, you must be faithful. You must faithfully endure. You have to finish the victories that God has started in your life. I remember many, many years ago when our oldest boy, Ryan, was still in preschool, we took him out fishing, he and his grandfather, at a dam where the water was about, oh, 30 feet down below us. And you'd throw the hook in and catch a fish and you'd reel it all the way in. Well, he caught a fish, and he started to reel it in, and he got it about 20 feet up, and he had 20 feet left, and he looked at his grandfather, and he said, I'm tired, and he stopped reeling. If he was going to catch the fish, he had to reel it all the way in. That's faithfully enduring. And there's some things in my life, in your life, where we've, we've caught the fish, we've caught the victory, 
But now there's some faithful enduring that God has for us to do. It's one of the ways that the successes in our lives are stewarded in such a way that they bring greater and greater glory to God. So how do you survive the successes? Two things we learned today from Gideon, humility and faithfulness. I need God's strength for both of those. I'm sure you do too, so let's ask him for it. Our Father, we can't find these qualities in ourselves apart from you, but in you we find them both. So we come and we ask that you would give us a humble heart. Give us a faithful heart. Instead of us trying to be humble, we want to trust you for humility. Instead of us trying to be faithful, we want to trust you for faithfulness. And so we trust you right now. In Jesus' name, we trust you. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to look at two more truths from Gideon's example of how to handle success. 